Today we are recording the third podcast of the Mystery Album, and I'm here, your host Kevin Meadows. Today is Wednesday, November 14, 2020, and I'm here with 18, bro. Today's 18. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Shit, I am behind. So I'm here with my guest, JC. I guess I'm the permanent guest. Yes, and what we do on this podcast is we send each other an album with no title tracks, no album cover, nothing. It's just a mystery, and we give our honest opinion about the album. And I hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome to the third mystery album podcast. All right, exciting. What did you think about the album? I didn't like it. You didn't like it. No. So what? <clears throat> what was your honest opinion about the album? All right, I'll go over it first in a bit of an overview. It's 14 tracks, right? Yeah. All right. I don't know the whole length, but it's probably like about an hour of listening time. The genre is hip hop, R and B. The artist is a female. I'm gonna guess the era of this album. It's probably like mid 2000s, by the sound of it. Um, it could be the artist's sophomore or like third album. Yeah, it's about her third album. Yeah, I could tell because she knows what she's doing. As far as Her talents, like what did you, what did you think about the production, production wise? I thought it was bad, man. Oh, you didn't like the production? No, like some songs are good. Like the first song, sounds like it's supposed to be on another record. Okay. Cause I don't know, man. It was like, you could hear the instruments, you could hear, the different layers. But like some of the songs on the on the album were just like <sighs> it seemed out of place. No man, it was just like it wasn't popping. The sounds were not polished. Okay. Like the beats, uh, it it sounded like everything was digital, like Fruity Loops or something. I don't know if there was an actual like analog instrument in this album, <laughs> but. I mean, whatever. It it was okay, I guess. For that style of music, I don't know. I'm not an expert in that style. I don't really. I don't know. It didn't date well. Wait, like, what did you think about like, um, like the instrumentation or the vocals? No, the vocalist knew what she was doing. She knows how to sing. There was some cool chorus effects on her voice, tied it in. She does like. Multiple layers, so like she'll be saying a verse, and then in the background she'll be saying like ad libs, stuff like that. So it was fine. Did you think it was just like R and B? I thought like the album had like a different mixture of styles. There's some jazzy stuff.、Uh, there's like one Latin song. I think it was track eight. Had like. Piano, Latin piano, some Latin percussion instruments, and a, like a horn. I think it was a trumpet kind of sound. 
Okay. I don't know if it was a real trumpet. I don't think it was. Could have been just like a sound kit or something. Um, the themes were just relationships, love, tr- distrust, and trust issues. Apparently, it's, it sounds like uh, like R and B topics. Yeah, but it was repetitive, man. Okay. Like, I didn't see any nuance in this. Like every song was about like either breaking up with somebody or fighting with somebody <laughs> or just loving somebody. I don't know. Yeah, it it sounds like like it was um during that time of the nineties of those type of albums of So it's a nineties album? Well, it was started in nineteen ninety nine and it finished in two thousand one. Okay. Yeah. And uh some of the album has uh f- like the uh, some of the guest artists is Timberland. Yeah, I he knew knows. he was on the first track. He's a feature there. I'm pretty sure he produced the first track. I don't know if he did the whole album. Yeah, there was some songs that he produced. I think it was probably number one, number four, number ten, maybe, that I could kind of think it was him. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, that makes sense, because, yeah, it didn't sound like it was one producer. It sounded like a bunch of people worked on this. It was, It was weird. I noticed there's no cursing on this album. So it's not targeted towards like anybody but like mainstream radio stuff. Yeah, that's there, that's what it seems there, like. There's not even any like innuendos or anything weird like Well, I think uh one of the songs it was like talking about how Rock the Boat, it seemed like it was an innuendo for Yeah, but it wasn't like super obvious. Yeah, I was like PG thirteen shit. <laughs> uh, like, um, wh- who would you recommend listening to this album? Like, if I don't you... know, man. It didn't impress me, honestly. Well, I mean, what if, if you like R and B? What would you rate this album? Like, from one out of ten, uh, out of five, probably like two, maybe less. There's one song I think I know, number four. I don't know the name of it, but. I, I think that's been on the radio. Yeah, it it, it might have. That's like a, that was it was a catchy song, had cool, uh, since and like, the bass was, very low. Okay, so I'll be ready. I'll give you the the artist. You ready for it or the album name? Nah, just give it to me at the end. Oh, you don't want to know it? Not yet. I think I know it. Okay. But whatever. I mean. Um, I'll ask a question. Was this album well received by fans? Like, did it chart? Did it sell? Did it? I don't know. I don't think. I don't think it did. Yeah, it did. Uh, it had a good. It was very highly positive reviews from most critics. Yeah. I guess it just didn't date well. Yeah, maybe maybe during the time when it released, it was like. Yeah, it was released on two thousand one. Man, I'm trying to think like what else was around that era in this genre, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm not very familiar with this, you know, genre, so I wouldn't be. No, it was one of my friends who told me about this album, oh, okay. and uh, I heard it a few times. 
I think once you listen to it like multiple times, you appreciate it more. But um, it's not something I go out of my way to listen to. I get you. Yeah, but it's it 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 grows on you. Yeah, well, that last song wasn't too bad. It was like kind of experimental. Had a lot of different layers and wasn't the, it was like not out of place on the album, but it wasn't the same as the rest of the album. Yeah, there seems to be like a lot of experimentation with some of the songs. Yeah, like mix of genres. Like I could hear, like there's some rock influences. Yeah, electronic there's influences. some guitar style beats. Um, I think the best song was number five. It was like soulful vocals and like a jazzy kind of beat. It was it was chill. Okay. I don't know the name of it. It was uh, it was. You can tell me the name of it. It was called Never No More. <laughs> I think I can kind of guess every title of this album <laughs> just by the damn lyrics. Because, like, during the chorus, they just yeah. say the name of the title. Yeah. Is the first one something resolution? Yeah, we need a resolution. Yeah. And the second one, loose rap. Yeah. The third one, stroke. No, it was called Rock the Boat. Rock the Boat? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me see. Let me try. It's number 11. Whatever. Yeah, it's whatever. But yeah, you you it, it, it's very, you know, very structured yeah. in that mainstream um, verse chorus um, structure. Yeah, I mean, there is no tempo change in these songs. There's no beat switch. It's like the same loop for four minutes. Yeah, it's <laughs> and then it's four four. The artist is singing. Yeah, it's it's mostly you know a singer songwriter um, R and B kind of album. And this girl that she was very young. She was uh, 21 years old when this album was released. All right. No, 22. I'm sorry about that. No. 2021 alright so yeah you could ask me about All right. my album now so I sent you or your album. album yeah I don't even remember how many tracks it was but what is your take on that album I sent you well the first track opens with har- harpsichord and clarinet and then the strings come in and when the vocals comes in it's very like Beatle-esque it sounds very Beatle-esque Mm-hmm. I really love the orchestra sounds. It sounds like it was recorded in the 60s. The arrangements sound like it was recorded, like they were done by George Martin, who did like most of the string work in the Beatles. All right. The tracks, they use a lot of orchestra and different instruments like organs. And, you know, one of the, f- the fourth track sounds like the early Beatles. And it has like those layered vocal harmonies that the Beatles are known for. I just couldn't stop thinking about the Beatles, the Beach Boys, and I just didn't know who the artist was. I really like the track, the sixth track, because it was like really unique. It had this Gungorian chant, and like it was pretty cool, and a dark Mellotron. And it goes into like the, like, chorus goes into the 60s catchy Beatles 
Christian theme song. And then it goes back into this cathedral Gregorian chant. It's kind of like really kind of like odd. Yeah, that one is a, I guess more like experimental kind of track on that album. It's called Every Christian Lionhearted Man Will Show You. Yeah, it seems very Christian, Christian theme. Like, I don't know if I noticed if there was a lot of Christian Christianity themes within the album. Probably here and there. I, I don't think so. But this song was very like it was obvious that it was a Christian yeah, song. That one is. Yeah. Um, the seventh song had you know those classic telephone vocals with a piano. It was like a, natu- a nice catchy ballad. But I, you know, I, you know, I think the album was really well done, and it, I think it was. It seemed like it was done in the sixties. But yeah, it came out in '67. Okay, I'm reading here. It seems like Beatles, but it's not Beatles. But it's like very like Animals, Beach Boys. There was some songs that had like a soul touch to it. He would sing kind of like you know soulful, mm-hmm. like he would change into different styles, and that's pretty you know that made that album pretty unique. I listened to to it like multiple times. But I, I would recommend the album to like people that are into the 60s style music, like the psychedelic era and early era. And like people that like Beatles, the Kinks, Beach Boys. Yeah, it's it's psychedelic pop, the genre of that. Yeah, it's psychedelic pop. But I, I love how, you know, it had, you know, the different string string uh, arrangements because a lot of artists don't do that today because you know it's very expensive you could tell it was from that time and it costs a lot of money to hire a whole orchestra to make an album it's not cheap no because yeah. yeah everything now is done by you know uh, you know like vsts like virtual st- studio instruments and samples yeah i'm sure this album had a lot of hands on it oh yeah you could tell that they use like maybe uh one of those chamber uh like to do the reverb like those chamber <laughs> those i forgot what they're called but those chamber rooms yeah like a cathedral what you have about, any questions for me sure what was the best track was uh, it my the, f- the, the christian one well my favorite track was the was track three i love the catchy vocal lines with the harpsichord okay. string arrangements and the mellotron the Mellotron was very similar to Strawberry Fields by the Beatles. And I loved how some of the parts like sustain the Mellotron, like it fades, like it kind of like sustains the sound. It was sounded very psychedelic. All right. And track 10. I'm trying to remember track 10. I uh, I could give you the title, but it it's kind of like a hit song. Okay. Like, there's three hit songs on this album, but that's probably like the most well known. Okay, so I I never heard any of these tracks. Like, it sounds never heard any. No, it sounds super familiar, but I don't know who the okay. artist. So, and I, yeah, I. What would you rate? Like, um, I would rate this album kind of like probably 
3.5 out of 5 or maybe a low 4? Yeah, I, I say 4. I like yeah. it. I like this album. And I don't know. Like, yeah, it's similar to the Beatles and the Britpop wave. But I, I don't know if this group was just... This group is well known. <laughs> I could imagine it's like the animals or love or something or No. They're well known, but not for this genre. You always do this to me. <laughs> like you did with Black Sabbath. Yeah. But yeah, we could I mean you have any more questions or you wanna you're ready to reveal? Um, uh, I'll tell you about the album a little bit. It's the okay. third studio album by this group. They're from Australia. Wait, are they from Australia? No, I don't think they are. Or Austria. Hold on. No, I'm not sure. No, I don't think so. I think they're from England. Okay, it sounds very English. Yeah. Oh, I see here. This is their third album. But their first two is only distributed in Australia. I don't know why. Whatever. Uh, their first two albums aren't even like close to this kind of style. They're they're like covers, I think. Anyways, this is their first international release, but it's their third album. So I think this is like what got them popular, basically. This yep. is what started their career. Yeah, it brought them into yeah the mainstream. Um. It's three brothers. Sounds like Beach Boys. It's not the Beach Boys. <laughs> they're from California. Oh. Uh, and these people, they're, they, this band is from England. Yeah. Or at least Words. they're born there or their parents. Um, I don't know. I didn't read their biographies. What else? Uh, They have a lot of songs and a lot of movies. The Monkees. They're not the Monkees. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't know who it is. You could tell me who it is. It's the Bee Gees. Holy crap. That's so mind-blowing. My mind is, like, blown up. Yeah. Because, you know, the typical Bee Gees stuff that you listen to is, like, on the radio, like, Staying Live or... Yeah, disco stuff. How Deep Is Your Love? Well, they started off as a psychedelic pop band. I think, like, their first five albums are, like, this. Yeah, that's so, like... I had no idea. Yeah, there's some that's, sleepers on there. Like, that's amazing. Uh, they have like a wannabe Sgt. Pepper's album. I forgot the name. I think it's Odessa something. It's super concept. I'll check it out. It's hard to get into. <laughs> you have to want to like be consumed by some type of otherworldly <laughs> sounds. <laughs> yeah, it's that's. I mean. I don't know. You can't pick out a song like, oh, I want to listen to this song. It's one of those, you have yeah, to listen to the whole thing. Okay. I usually listen to whole albums like that anyways. I don't really sing yeah. those songs out. Same. Um, but yeah, that's mind-blowing that it was the Bee Gees. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. That's mind-blowing. If you go back now and you listen to the harmonies, you'll kind of be like, oh, okay. He wasn't doing the falsetto shit that Barry Gibb or whatever. It doesn't, normally do but you could kind of tell they're like in tune with each other in the same 
same harmonies. harmonies. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right, I could guess who your artist was. I don't Go know ahead. if it's Sierra. No. I I don't think it's Alicia Keys. I don't know if it's Aaliyah. Aaliyah? Yeah. It's Aaliyah. It's Aaliyah. Right. Yeah, you got it right. I had three of them there. I was like, I don't know who it is, but I know these people were. You heard her stuff before? Had or? sounds. Yes, I know her. Yeah, what's um? This was like her last album, and what's crazy is like she died very young at twenty two. Yeah, from an airplane crash. Yeah, that sucks. So, I so mean, this was the last one. Yeah, this was her last album, and it's you know, for a you know twenty one year old, that's pretty like a lot of accomplishment. Yeah, come out with any album by that age. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially now. <laughs> yeah, so I'm guessing her hits were like the first album. That she came out with. Because none of these songs I could recognize as a hit. Like her first two albums were AJ Ain't Nothing But A Number and One In A Million. I don't know, man. I never, I know her music, but I don't like know it like a fan. Yeah. All right. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's pretty. Um... I thought it was like a later album. Because it sounded like it was more digital than what they were doing. It was doing from 1999, then. no, 1998 to... Maybe um, that's why the samples and like the instruments sounded so weird. Yeah, it was like transitioning to... Yeah, I mean, nowadays they're way better. Yeah, it sounds like it has that cheesy 90s sound. No, it doesn't. Oh, no? It doesn't sound like 90s. It, it sounded like mid-2000s. But the instruments on it sounded just unpolished, I guess. I don't know. It didn't sound right to me. But I'm comparing it to stuff nowadays that yeah. the hip-hop R&B sound is. Because everything is so, um, like, now sounds so good, you know. It's better. I don't know. It has more harmonics or something. I don't know. Yeah, it just people sounded are, flat. People are coming out with better, you know. The software is better. S- software better instruments everything is better now i mean if they told me there's a real instrument on this album i'd be surprised it sounds very <laughs> sounds like some dude on on a like a casino keyboard nah <laughs> not even that like doesn't sound like that it just sounds like software just some guy in fruity loops not even ableton like something worse i don't know so yeah since we uh we listen to those albums. Have you been listening to any other albums that come to your mind? Um, this month, not much has caught my eye. There was some stuff in October. Um, on Death, Legions of a Different Kind, that one. That's a really cool album. It's very heavy. Um, it's just death metal, caveman music. <laughs> caveman. Yeah, it was good. Uh, Spirit Adrift, Enlightened Eternity. That group is really talented. I'm thinking if I lit. Oh, yeah, I heard that album. It was just a really good. It was like a heavy metal. Heavy, kind of doom metal. More like classical doom, kind of Sabbathy. Not like heavily influenced but the song 
style. Uh, this band called Pup. Band, I mean the band. The album is This Place Sucks Ass. It's like a pop punk band. Kind of some revival stuff. I enjoyed it. There's been some other stuff that I listened to, but it's not even worth mentioning. Did you hear the new um, Faith No More album? Uh, not Faith No, no, no Faith More. Faith Warning? No, not Faith. Not not Faith's Warning. The other band. I'm trying to think. Oh, I don't know. I'm talking about the Mike Patton's other project. Uh, Mr. Bungle. Did you hear that? Oh, uh, yeah. It was okay. I liked it. It it's was like, good. I just think it was too too long. I think it was like, I mean, he. I, I saw an interview with him. Because he did an interview with um, from uh, with Eric Andre, and he said that a lot of the songs were from like high school days, so that's why it's very like that style that Dr. he was Ash. into. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did it really good. That's not easy to play. Yeah, it was like, and some of the songs they sound like they're like Slayer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had two covers on that album. One was a corrosion of conformity. I don't remember the song. And the other one was, a, I think it was Stormtroopers of Death cover. And I think the dude from Anthrax, Ian, I think he helped him on this album. The guitarist. Yeah. And the drummer was uh, Dave. Oh, Mr. Oh, then that's why it sounds like Slayer, bro. Because <laughs> <laughs> Dave LeBron. drums. Yeah, he's he's amazing. Did did you ever listen to um, the new Clipping album? I thought it was so boring. You know, like they they've been rated really high. Like I don't know. Like I haven't really got into it. It's, I think their older stuff was better. I have to listen to it because I only listened to this new album. Yeah, I listened to like the first two. This, I mean, whatever. People change. I just wasn't into it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, albums I have been listening to. Um, yeah, pretty much like um, I heard this album by this shoegaze band, Nothing. The Great Dismal. Uh, Dismal. All right. That was pretty pretty good album. Um, if you're like into that shoegaze kind of like dreamy pop, I know you love that genre me it's it's okay (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but there hasn't been something that really caught my attention i mean i heard the new pucifer album with side project with uh minard james keon from tool and a perfect circle the album was it was not bad it was all right um but there hasn't been something that mind-blowing right like it's been kind of slow the end of October and beginning of November. I didn't think anything was too crazy. Yeah, I I haven't really, I don't know, I haven't came across anything. I've been listening to, uh, what's the, the band, the alien metal band, that that's really... Oh, uh, Blood Incantation. Blood Incantation. Those, cool. those two albums are really good. Um, they're I think they're one of the best one of the like most I guess progressive like going forward with like you know with that type of style I mean yeah they're technical 
yeah, they're technical and they have like space involved. But there's many bands that have done that before, like Vovoid and Yeah, they're not they're not creating, but they're building upon Yeah. Past things. Yeah, they're cool. But uh, yeah, that's there's been some cool live streams. What have you come across? Uh Devin Townsend. It's like a Halloween thing. Oh, I haven't seen that. The guy's such a clown bro <laughs> i saw him live and he it was so funny that um i went all the way to orlando we're from we're based in miami and it was worth it and um everybody on stage was throwing uh stuffed animals because he said he was going to donate the stuffed animals to like children oh that's pretty funny and they were just throwing animals and they just had this whole stage of stuffed animals <laughs> and then I think I, like one part he grabbed this like dragon or like the snake and he started like spinning around while singing. It's just oh so, he's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that guy's a clown. Yeah, he's a clown. He's like, uh, I think he's like the Frank Zappa of metal because he huh. infuses so much genres together and he's like a clown and Frank Zappa was like a clown. Yeah, that's a good comparison. But, but it was what, funny. I mean, whatever. He was there like... Was it super green screen? Was it just him by himself or like no? He had band? a band. Oh, that sounds like a real it serious was like, production. Yeah, no, it was like studio sound. It wasn't like a shitty microphone, and then they're playing from like a crappy PA. Like it was dialed so, in. So this was live. No, it was live streamed. I don't know if it was pre-recorded. It was, I, they weren't really interacting with the chat or anything, so I don't know. If, like, they were, like, streaming at the same time or they did it, like, the day before. I don't know. What else uh, streams have you? Uh, dang, now I'm pulling up, like. Because a lot of bands are doing that now because of the, yeah. the situation. I know Obituary streamed a bunch of their albums, but I didn't want to pay. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't see it. Yeah, there, there's, now bands have to. Uh, but I heard it was good. So what did they, they streamed like live albums or like yeah live what they did was uh, they did three weekend streams and then they played three albums well I think it was two albums the first two albums they played Cause of Death and Slowly We Rot that's a classic on, yeah on different weekends and then the third was like just the hits and like I'm sure they probably played covers and stuff but they had like T-shirts like they had merch and shit so. Yeah, yeah, a lot of bands weird. are doing that now. Like, I think um, Pussifer have done that. They did a live uh, stream show. Oh, you but saw it, it, right? Yeah, it was it was it was good. It was really well done. It was like recorded somewhere in Arizona. Like it was like in this obscure place. Um, it had like you know, kind of like it had really good production, good lighting. It was a studio. No, it was it was in like the desert in Arizona, like live stage. Oh, so it was like a live concert, like a festival, but nobody there. Yeah, nobody there. And I think uh, also um, Mr. Bungle did a live show too, if I'm not. But a lot of bands are transitioning to that because live shows are not going on right now. But I think probably by next year, more bands are going to be performing live. It's just they probably miss time. it of course and i mean you could you need to get dialed in when that stuff comes back 
if you don't go playing for like a couple months live, if you're gonna you're gonna be sloppy. Yeah, you're gonna sound like shit probably. Unless you like, you know, practice a lot with your band members and yeah, but it's one thing practicing in the garage because playing. You're not turning it up all the way. You don't have like all this equipment. Yeah, you don't have the same sound. You're playing in front of audience too, so yeah, the audience helps, but it's just dialing in like the right knobs and it's the same thing that's happening endurance. with with stand up, you know. Oh, people, yeah. Doing Zoom or like. Yeah, I mean. But it's not the same. Like, no, there's so much delay and you don't, you can't feed off people's reactions. Yeah, you need that. That's like part of the live performance and live show. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be a lot more live streams. Um, I saw one on just like IG. Sometimes people just like. Live stream from yeah, Instagram. Yeah, their, their rehearsal or whatever. Uh, it was a band Frozen Soul. They're coming out with the album, I think, early next year. Um, they sound really good. Are they? It sounds like a. It's just some death metal band. Okay, it sounded they like. They sound really good. It sounded like black metal. No, they're just death metal. Um, even that though, like just turning into IG, streaming your shit. You know, you get more feedback that way. I think because people will like it or. People will see it's live and they'll click on it. Yeah, and be like, oh, that riff is dirty or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think there's going to be more, like, I think this time is going to make a market for that because um, live shows, sometimes it can't happen, like, due to these pandemics. Yeah, so, nothing, nobody, I don't even think that it's even worth the ticket sales. You know what I mean? Like, Why do you I don't think, think that? I don't think that many people would show up to something. Yeah, you got to advertise it a lot too. And some people don't that like is... paying for something they could see on YouTube for free or. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like, no, I'm saying like a live show. Like, I don't know if people would show up. Oh, now. Yeah. Like if they had like a, an arena and like the state didn't care or whatever and they'd like all right yeah invite as many people as you want yeah i don't think it would fill yeah we're so in a it might time. not be worth the cost to yeah. put it on yeah it's 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 the it's worth you know just streaming it live now and then wait until you know everything gets better and the vaccine comes out we'll see what happens yeah you i think there's a edm uh because the winter time is like EDM city EDC here. and stuff like that. Yeah, I think they're doing a lot of online stuff. I think there's one this weekend. I don't know if it's Daisy Carnival or Electric Forest that's Electric. soon. One of those. But like they have big artists that show up to those things and they got nothing to do. Yeah, they have nothing unless they're <laughs> just recording albums and stuff. Even then, man, just get bored. You don't do that like every day. Yeah, being part of a, you know, a musician or performing artist is playing live. And that's a lot of, you know, tour time that people do part of the year. Yeah. But yeah, do you have anything that you want to share with people out there that are listening to this podcast? The one person that's listening? The one person? Listen to Morbid Angel.
Oh, you love Morbid Angel. You love that album, Atlers of Madness. Altars of Madness. That's the only album. There's no other album they made. You don't have to worry about it. Just listen to that Altars of Madness. It's a great album. Yes. Damn, you've been listening to that on repeat. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. I think uh, there's a cool Japanese band that I um, Casapia. It's a jazz fusion Japanese. I think I've heard of that. Yeah, they got some good stuff. The album has like a like a weird Red Bull or something. Or a car. I don't know if there's one with a Red Bull, but there's one with a car. But it sounds like that city pop, but like yeah, city pop jazz stuff. Yeah. The city pop stuff is good. Yeah, it's chill music. But is that all you have to share with the one person that's listening to this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, like it on Spotify, on any other um, apl- applications, any apps. It, it, just show your support. You could f- follow me on Instagram, Kevin R. Metals, if you have any requests. But yeah, that's about it. All and right. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Mystery album number three. See you around. See you. Peace. <laughs>